Well, I'm wondering if we're going to be able to change the definition of uh, long-term capital gains. Anyone <laughs> Anyone want to weigh in on that? That would be my hope. Well, lots to talk about live from Studio 6B. On a Thursday night, I want to thank Rick Delgado, Rick Emirati, and David Zier for putting on a great show last night. Thank you. My wife's birthday. We spent a great day up on Candlewood Lake up in Connecticut. Oh, oh very, very nice. nice. Very nice. Out on a boat. Kids had a great time. Happy birthday to uh, Mrs. Damon. Thank you very much. Uh, she's not listening, I'm sure, so of I'll have course. to tell her. But uh, it was a nice <laughs> Well, she's day. celebrating her birthday today, but right oh, now. Oh, the real party's tonight. Yeah, yeah of right course. Right now. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, Rick Delgado, how are you? I am well. Very good. Uh, Rick Amorati, that's a sweet-looking uh, suit there. Uh, I'm in the gold tonight, Big D. In, in the, the gold. gold. Yellow. Not, yellow. Not, not true yellow. No. More like gold. That's. Uh, how are you? Good. We missed you last night. Had a good time with the no, great David Zier, but we missed you. No, you didn't. Yeah, no, we, we did. did. Sure, we did. That was good to see David Zier. Yeah. Um, He's great. He looked a little relaxed last night. Came in a little cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking good. Open uh, collar. <laughs> open, yeah, I noticed it for the two seconds that I could bump in just to make sure you guys were live and everything was going good. After nine hours in the car or whatever it was. There's a lot of driving yesterday. But it was good. So, um, well, lots to talk about. We have Crazy Town tonight that must be bordering on Epic because it's about eight minutes long. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like the Led Zeppelin of, uh, <laughs> of Crazy Town. This is like, what was the, uh, what was the, um, not, uh, what was Meatloaf's, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like we're getting the full. This is the full version of Crazy Town tonight. Yeah, anytime you hear a radio station put that on, it's usually a rock station. That's because the jock has to go to the bathroom. Right. Well, hey Jude. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jude was another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're getting the full radio edit tonight of uh, of Crazy Town, about eight minutes long. Either I had to cut ride. it down too. You had to cut it down. Well, sure. Wow. Um, Biden's back out now in public doing things, and one of the things I wasn't going to start with this, but since we're kind of going this direction, one of the things he did today is spoke to the. Um, maniac leader of China, communist leader of China, Xi. And I want to know, where's the damn leaked transcript? You know, like Trump used to have. Where is the leaked? We know there's people listening. Where's the leaked transcript of, of what? I don't need Jean-Pierre or, uh, well, it wouldn't be Brian Dees because he comes out and gaslights and lies about the economy. So who else would it be? Jean-Pierre? Uh, or- Kirby? Could be Kirby. Could be Kirby, right? maybe. I don't need any of these people. Jake Sullivan, that snake, telling me what he said. I don't need to hear from them. I want to see the actual words. Two hours, they say. Two hours. Trump has these calls. They're leaked, and they're out in the New York Times and on CNN within five minutes. Where is that for Biden? Where is that now? Because more than ever, we deserve to know exactly what was said to him because we know some of the things were sent to him and um pulling no punches he was if the quote i have in red is direct he was threatened today really he was threatened today and why was he threatened well because every enemy as we've told you around this country around this world knows that the leader of this country is weak and pathetic and not all there and everyone knows it and he's compromised And his son is compromised, and they know it. 
So he gets on the he gets on the phone with his best friend that he spent so much time with at the foothills of this and the foothills of that today. And according to the reports I've seen, G basically said if Pelosi lands on lands in Taiwan, sets foot there, he says, quote, to Biden, this is the quote, and it's in more than one place, and it's not from uh, those who play with fire will be perished by it. It is hoped that the U.S. will be clear-eyed about this. Now, you tell me how that's not a threat. (laughs) I can't tell you that's not a threat. It pretty much sounds like a threat to me. Those who play with fire will be perished by it. This is the president of China to the president of the United States. It is hoped that the U.S. will be clear-eyed about this. Hmm. And now you know that Joe Biden didn't say anything because there's nothing, there's nothing out there about, and about his response. We have no idea what he said. We have to wait for his handlers to tell us, oh, yeah, yeah. They, we don't care. Nobody cares what John Kirby or that lion Pierre John whatever who's awful at what she does because no one's going to believe her anyways. She can't tell us what a woman is. They can't tell us what a recession is, but they're going to tell us exactly what him and G talked about. You have the governor of Florida and others who have reported on the fact that China spent over $6 billion buying up American land properties last year. China is on the move militarily in the South China Sea, trying to weaponize and militarize these islands. Why do you think they're doing that? Because they think it looks good on a, on a satellite image? No, because they see confrontation coming. They see what is going on in the military. They see the same hearings we see that these people questioned at the table and we're worried about what were he's, who's a he, who's a she, who's this, who's that, why we don't have recruitment numbers that we're supposed to have. You don't think they see that same way we see it, those of us who pay attention to it? And my fear is there's not enough of the American people who do pay attention to it. But most importantly, we know that Biden is compromised with China. There's almost zero doubt about it, right. given his son's hard drive. And given what else we don't even know yet. Well, we know about the big guy. We know about the, uh, all the transactions that uh, were flagged, international transactions that were flagged. We know the deals that were cut with his son where he was uh, you know, cut in for his 10%. They have all of that. They have it all. Plus, no doubt they probably have a copy of uh, everything on Hunter laptop, Hunter's laptop. Why not? Everybody else has it except for the FBI. The FBI can't seem to find it. It's, it's, it's uh, unsettling. Because, let's face it, it sounds like Xi talked to him the way Trump talked to Xi. You know what I mean? Where he, he, he kind of knew, was like, look... And I guess the best example is is when he was talking to the Taliban, where he shows him a picture of his house. You know he did stuff like that with Xi as well. I just can't remember exactly what he said to him. Um, but he did it with Putin. He did it with uh, the Taliban. You know he did it with Xi. 
because he doesn't take any, he wouldn't take any guff from these people, and he wanted them to know exactly where he stood so there would be no problems. And guess what? During his, his tenure as president, there amazingly were no problems with these people. Well, let's see what happens now. Let's see. Was Biden going to kowtow down, knee down to the ground to China now as well? The driveling on, we're told about the one China policy, one China policy. That's his response to him. Oh, one China policy. He threatened him. Let me, one more time. And again, I, I have nothing to say this is not an incorrect quote. Those who play with fire will be perished by it. It is hoped that the U.S. will be clear-eyed about this. <clears throat> How much more direct do you have to be? That is intimidation to someone you see as a lesser of a foe. That's what that is. You look at the president and you think, I own this guy. You, th- you look at Blinken, Secretary of State, you already slapped him around at the table, the, the first meeting you had. Mm-hmm. You look at all, the guy who runs that outfit over there. <laughs> I mean, he's lost up in, you know, wokeism to the end of the day. So, you know, this is what the end result is. Hey, buddy. You play with fire with us, you'll get burned. When have we ever been spoken to like that? If this, is, if this comment is true, which again, I have seen nothing. There's been little different versions of exactly the words, but basically the, everything I've seen, the context is the same. Play with fire, you're going to get burned. We hope you are clear-eyed about this. So that's a direct threat from the genocidal maniac of, uh, of China. Think he would have done that with President Trump? Oh, I don't think so. He wouldn't even have done it with President Obama, if I had a guess. But he'll do it with Joe Biden because Joe Biden is weak and pathetic, and he sees it, and everybody else sees it. And that's what we know. How compromised he is, who knows? We can only guess. Look what look what's happening with Russia. Look what's happening with Iran. Look what's happening with China. Look what's happening all over the place. Every enemy we have is licking its chops. Licking its chops to have to deal with this moron and this incompetent team that he has around them, and they're incompetent on everything. So I go back to where I started. Where's the tr- we need to see word-for-word transcript of this call. Because this is our number one foe, and they are readying for war. And that is not an overstatement. And I know almost nothing about all of this. So if I know that, everybody knows it. Speak to people like Gordon Chang who have spent their life understanding this relationship and things like this. They are preparing for war. They are preparing to overtake us in every single way possible. And we're worried about the Babylon B video I played the other night. And that's how you get threatened on the phone from them today. And the White House has nothing to say about it other than, oh, they spoke for two and a half hours, two hours and 10 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned he was, he was awake for all that time. Well, this, I mean, this listen. This is Joe Biden we're you know, talking about. The problem is that this is not something that, you know, this is not something where things like that, unfortunately, we can really joke about because 
he's the only he's the only guy who's going to deal with them or not deal with them at this point. He's the one who's going to end up making the decisions here. If they go into Taiwan, what's Joe Biden going to do? What's he going to do? What's the response? Because if there is no response, that just they just put pedal to the metal. Yeah. What's the response? And we may not be as far away from that as some people think. Oh, it could be years. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you just have to look back to last summer. What happened last August? Afghanistan fell apart in a matter of days. They said, oh, it's going to be months. Matter of days. It was over. So that just gives you, that, that gives you your first little peek into how this administration, how this president um, readies themselves and readies the country. Uh, for, from the results of Afghanistan, doesn't ready us at all. At all. And we were there. And we had a huge force there. All the wrong people in all the wrong positions to deal with this world. Same people, same administration that tells us. Think about all the things they've told us. From transitory to this, now to a recession, and now this call today. And we know nothing would happen. Disaster. All right, so um, we're going to hit the break. we got lots to do. Crazy Town coming up. News, sports, on a Thursday night, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday. we got our music uh, situation figured out there. Um, lots to get to, so I guess... Pierre today was asked about Biden's call with G. We'll get to that clip. We've got the big crazy town coming up. Have you seen the Matt Gates video? Uh, which one? He's, he's He's been on fire lately, yes. I believe it was the one you actually sent this morning. Then I guess I saw it. Yes, so uh, we'll play some of that with the AG for National Security Division. It's similar to the video we saw. Was it Gates, too, a couple months ago when they had the Hunter Biden, the guy from the FBI? Yeah, they asked him Hunter Biden. Well, that's not my purview. Well, what do you mean it's not in your purview? How could it not be? So you've got some of the same same things today. We'll get to that. Uh, we got our own Chris Carter on that FBI protecting Hunter Biden. We'll play that. We have an Is This English today. And if this is, I don't know what the Is This English is, but if this is what I think it is from Biden's speech today about a certain check that was mailed, I mean, I have, no, it's not about that. It's even better. Okay. <laughs> it's even better. Because <laughs> Biden had a, had a section today where he talked about getting an $8,000 check. It was about a minute and a half long. I have zero idea what the <laughs> hell he was trying to say. I mean, no idea. No idea. So, all right, let's do some sports before we get to all that. And here with sports is Slick Rick. Rick Emirati, what's going on, pal? Right, big D, Major League Baseball. A couple of finals from earlier today. Marlins nipped the Reds 7-6. to And the Orioles blanked the Rays 3-zip. The twice-beaten Yankees are blank 0-0. No score with the Royals right now in the bottom of the fourth Yankee Stadium. Phillies over the Pirates 4-0. That's bottom of the fourth. Also bottom of the fourth. Tigers and Blue Jays nodded at one little uh, action today in the Cheyenne Rodeo. Cheyenne Frontier Rodeo Days is a big rodeo. Million-dollar payout from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Frontier Park. These were all fifth 
round performances. Bareback, Will Lowe, 86 points on Stace Smith Pro Rodeo's flashcard champ. Steer Wrestling, you had a tie. Eli Lord and Curtis Cassidy, seven and a half seconds each. Team Roping, Rio Nutter. And Dane McEnany, 10.4 seconds. Saddle Bronc riding. Ben Anderson, 83 and a half points on Sankey Pro Rodeo. And Phenom Genetics, the Turtle. Tie down roping, Eric DeBlanco, 12.2 seconds. Bauer Racing, Jamie Olson, 17.47 seconds. And Bull Riding, we got a tie. Tyler Bingham on Dakota Rodeo's Unstoppable and Josh Frost on Dakota Pro Rodeo's Melanie's Dream, 88 points each. And Donald Trump tees off at Live Golf Pro-Am event earlier today. <laughs> Eric yeah. Trump is also competing at the Live, Live Golf Pro-Am event. This is Paulina Dodge of Fox News. Former president teed off at Trump teed off at Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey, Thursday morning for the Live Golf Pro-Am event ahead of the Saudi Back League third tournament of the season rolling into this weekend. Trump took a few practice swings before being met with a round of applause as he teed off on the first hole of the event where he will play alongside his son, Eric, 24-time PGA Tour winner, Dustin Johnson, and 2020 U.S. Champion Open, Bryson DeChambeau. Good company. Other names featured on their official program list include Olympic gold medalist Caitlyn Jenner and Basketball Hall of Famer Charles Barkley, who said if he doesn't leave with a deal in hand and he gets on the plane in Jersey tonight, it's over. He's, a t- he's back to turn of broadcasting, and they have nothing to worry about. doesn't look like Barkley's getting that $60 million offer after all, Big D. But Trump and former First Lady Melania I mean, Trump- I love Charles, but why, why would you give him that money to comment on real golf? Exactly. He's not exactly an expert either. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He, he reaches across so many different... Dem- Everybody knows him. Everybody likes him. He, he has a certain appeal, every guy. But, but what, what gives his appeal is his ability to, to make fun of and criticize and joke about. None of that's going to work in real golf. It's not going to work. Guys don't hit bad shots. There's nobody there shooting 80 like Ed Henry does. That's what I'm saying. So you think I'm going to have a problem if I have to go down there and be the announcer for that? <laughs> Who, you? Yeah. No, you'd be much better at it than Charles Barkley. Yeah, I'd be a little more serious. Barkley's whole, his whole thing is taken away from well, real he's, tournaments. He's it's not color- like it's the match where you got 12 and 18 handicaps like Ed Henry playing. Yeah, but he's color commentary. He's not the lead voice. There's no color. What color is there? The guy hits a 350 down the middle, hits a 9-iron to two feet, makes the putt for birdie. There's no color. Guy shanks it into the woods, plenty of color. Guy hits it in the trap, plenty of color. There you go. That doesn't happen. And Barkley without Shaq. Shaq is like the the yin and the yang. They're great, the two of them together, the way they banter back and forth, which kind of makes the show as well. So, yeah, I don't see Charles getting 60 million. I don't even think they can offer him 6 million for that. It's a wrap. I mean, they may offer it, but it does, to me, it doesn't work. So, but all right. Thanks, Sick Work. We'll do some more sports. Let's do some news. And here with that's Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, I just want to wish you happy Joe Manchin has screwed us again, Day. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> he screwed the whole country. Yep. yep. All Republicans. Mitch McConnell, I don't know what he's doing. He's got marbles in his mouth sleeping at the wheel. Um, but we've talked about Manchin. This, oh, he's a yeah. moderate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we also we said it multiple times. Don't let this guy fool you. He, he might have the most sanity sometimes. That's fine. But he is no moderate. And days like today just prove it.
Yeah, a reconciliation bill pushed by the Senate Democrats aims to reduce the deficit uh, while increasing spending. I don't know how you do that. Uh, while spending $433 billion on climate change and Obamacare. That's because Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Joe Manchin on Wednesday unveiled the Inflation Reduction Act, which could be actually Peak renamed. Peak stupidity. Yeah. Peak the, stupidity. It should be renamed the Inflation Acceleration Act of 2022, which would attempt to address record inflation by paying down our national debt while lowering energy costs and lowering health care costs. I don't know how they're going to do it. They've never done it before. They're not going to do it. It should be called the Tackling Climate Change Through the Back Door Because You Don't Believe in Our Scam Left-Wing Handout Social Engineering Act. That's what it should be called because that's what it does. Yeah. According to the one-page summary of the bill, the Democrat reconciliation bill would raise $739 billion by what? Well, the the government doesn't sell anything, so it must be from taxes. Yes, raising taxes. They'd be setting a 15% corporate minimum tax, would raise uh, $313 billion, allow Medicare to negotiate prices of drugs, which always goes well because the government does really good negotiating stuff, Uh, increasing IRS tax informant. Enforcement. Well, there you go. That's going to raise another $124 billion, which means they're going to try and get more tax money from you, the people. Closing a loophole that carried interest deduction and uh, extended han- enhanced Obama subsidies for three more years at a cost of $64 billion while enacting $369 billion in climate change nonsense and energy security. They also claim that all of this spending will reduce the deficit by three hundred billion dollars. Mm. Yeah, this is a this is a climate act bill. This yeah. this is this is the parts of Build Back Better that Joe Manchin, as a whole, before said no to, that they now think they can get through. Most of it climate, most of it handout crony corporatism, handouts to left wing groups. That's what it is. And what is amazing about this, if you want to know how much of a phony this guy Manchin is on this bill. Our friend Phil Kirpin pointed out, and I haven't seen anyone else even comment on this because I guess Phil actually went through some of the language. Manchin, a senator from West Virginia, has included a coal tax hike in the bill. Section 13901 increases the tax per ton on underground mines from 50 cents to $1.10 and on surface mines from 25 cents to 55 cents. This is a guy from West Virginia. Amazing. So he's, he's killing his own people with more taxes while inflation is through the roof. So happy Joe Manchin screwed us again, Day. This is a climate bill, nothing more, nothing less. Like I said, parts of Build Back Better that they think they can get through now, that's what they're trying to do. The idea that this is called the Inflation Act is like, it's like the, it's calling, any, calling the Department of Ed the Department of Ed. It's anti-education. The Department, Levin has pointed this out for years. Whatever the names of these places are, they do the opposite of what the name says they're supposed to be into. The ed department, completely against education. The EPA, totally against the – every one of them is the same. Yeah, and $369 billion for God knows how many more cylinders is uh, on yeah. tap to be spent. That worked out well the first time. Good luck. More about this when we get back.
All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Getter Chat said there was some issues with sound in the last, um, so hopefully we've got those cleared up. Zen Jr. on top of it, as he is always on everything. So let us know in the chat if you can hear us. Yes. Because Rick just did great sports, and Rick Delgado just did great news, and if you missed all of it, well... We'll do it again. <laughs> no, we're not going to do it again. We won't be doing it again, but... Uh, no, we're we getting a lot of people chiming in, I have sound, I have sound, okay. so that's good. Okay, very, very good. And Getter, Getter, I think, is still... Uh, well, well we'll see. Yeah, they're hearing something. We'll see if they, they're hearing it, so... Um, all right, so let's talk about, you know, we've talked about other things on this show. Even tonight about G, we've told you certain things. When it comes to the economy, you know, I went to school for music. So I don't consider myself that smart or an expert on any of these things that we talk about on this show. It's all come from an interest in wanting to learn more how they operate, especially when it comes to the economy. But um, we've told you long before a lot of people did that inflation was going to be a problem. And we also told you that once inflation is, in the exact terms I've used forever, is once you let it out of the bottle like a genie, it's hard to put back in. Um, and we've, we've told you that, in, I also told you that inflation would be the story of 2022, that it was not transient, that it was not transitory, that it was not going away, that it was not going to be a quick thing, and that it would actually be the story going into the midterms, the number one issue going into the midterms. And sometimes when I listen to people talk about the economy, I think I have a better handle on it than most who are supposed to have a handle on it. Because these people couldn't be more wrong about all of this. And what's the other thing I told you about that really comes into effect now today? And that is that when you have a slowing economy and high inflation and a Federal Reserve who is trying to tackle inflation, you most likely are going to end up, because the Fed always, always overreacts and can never engineer a soft landing. It's almost impossible. You have to just hope that he doesn't crash it into the side of the mountain, never mind a soft landing. But you end up with stagflation. And I've told you that what you need to be careful of and what concerns me about the Democrats and this administration is when you mix stagflation with terrible tax policy on top of it, you then you turn and head right towards depression. And that's exactly where we stand on the precipice of today. Why? Well, because of the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. As um, I couldn't have named it any better than Zero Hedge did today. One giant misnamed nothing burger that even Goldman Sachs already finds it will change fiscal impulse by less than 0.1% of GDP. This is such a fraud on the American people, I don't even know where to start to talk about it. This is an administration that has gotten in the press briefing room, gone on media, gone on all kinds of places that has told us now for months that the single largest component of inflation has been what? Oil 
and gas prices. There is not a single thing in this bill of 380, whatever the hell it is, billion dollars that does anything for oil and gas prices. It's not even part of the bill, from what I can tell. Haven't read it. Have we, no one's really seen it. So they're such frauds on why and how and how this is the life-saving thing. This is the huge step forward. This is historic pivot in what we've been looking for. This is a big transition. The Inflation Reduction Act and the CHIPS Act is $800 billion of new spending with inflation at 9.1, with interest rates going up, with the Federal Reserve raising rates, with stagflation here, inflation sky high, economic downturn broadly across many sectors of the economy. And the Democrats' answers are borrow more, spend more, tax more. That is a recipe for depression. Plain and simple. Bad tax policy on top of all this other stuff is what you, you turns you into depression, which sometimes I think is where Joe Biden wants to take us. That's where I think Joe Biden wants to take us. Because there is no explanation for this. And I know Joe Manchin's not a moderate, and I've told you that a thousand times, but there's almost no explanation for, given his, given his pushback for Build Back Better, what possibly could he think this legitimately could be doing other than making everything that's happening right now, pouring gasoline on the fire? What changed? There's nothing good about this. There's nothing so much better than what he opposed in the full Build Back Better bill that you could even point, try to put your head in, in the head of uh, being a, a crazy lunatic liberal. What could he see in this bill that's not exactly what he described the bigger bill that he wouldn't support? There's nothing. 15% tax, Biden says today, and these corporations are finally going to start paying 15%, no matter what the number is. You know, these big, all these corporations, they don't pay anything. I mean, that's such a load of crap. Such a load of crap. This is a guy who's never been in the private sector, never ran a damn thing, lived off the public dole's whole life, wouldn't know the first thing about running a, a, a big company. Nothing. Ah, uh, yeah, 15%. You know, the private sector in this uh, country is not incentivized by more government. Never have been, never will be. Even though many of them are in the pockets of uh, the Democrats, many of these CEOs in the pockets of these Democrats came out of this indoctrination of uh, colleges, uh, the indoctrination of Wall Street, big hedge funds, all Democrats. But still, they can see beyond that and see capitalism first. That's what they're incentivized by. They're incentivized by lower taxes, lower regulation, uh, the value of the cash on hand being actually worth something and not debased over the years, 40% of all dollars in existence printed in two years. 
That's what incentivizes private business, small business in this country. Not higher taxes, go get them, get the rich, limit upward mobility, all this crap that we hear from these people today. And Joe Manchin throwing in with them. Throwing in on a climate bill, basically. Hurting West Virginia, hurting small business, hurting the whole country. That's what this is today. It's a big, fat climate bill. Social engineering. And Manchin's throwing in. More taxes at this time. And by the way, there's a clip. It wasn't good enough to pull. There's an old clip of Manchin asked at a different time about inflation and raising taxes. And he says in the clip, you should never raise taxes in a situation where you have high inflation and a slowing economy. I don't know what year it's from. It's probably the early 2000s. But all, they're all just gold-plated phonies. Attack the private sector. Attack small business. Attack the engine of this, uh, the U.S. economy. And you know what the kicker of all this is? Here's the kicker of all of it. They could sit there and Pierre can come out and Brian Deese can come out and gaslight us all to death. It's not a recession. We're changing the name. We're doing this. It's not really this. Uh, the idiot yesterday's uh, Fed chairman. It's not really oh, it's a recession. This is strong. That's strong. They could say all that all they want. You know the bottom line is? We haven't even felt the effects of the Fed raising rates for the last four months, whatever it is that they've done. Those are all lagging indicators. You know when the economy is going to start to feel them and really slow down? In the next six months. So whether they call the recession now or not, and whether we all agree or not, it's a moot point because it's only going to get slower from here. So we've had two quarters of negative GDP growth. Guess what the next two are going to be? They're going to be worse. They're going to be worse. Back over probably 1%. And by the way, today was 0.9. It's not like it was 0.2. So it's just a moot point. Because now the Fed rates, the raising of rates is actually going to work its way through the damn economy. So what's the next excuse going to be when it contracts in the third quarter and then contracts in the fourth quarter? When's it going to be a recession? It doesn't even matter. You know it is. We've been in it for six months, and you know it. Did you see any of them today? I saw a little bit of them. And it's just amazing, the wordplay. It's all wordplay. It's all, you know, uh, oh, we're going to do this, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to raise revenue, and we're going to pay down. Raising revenue, the government doesn't raise revenue because revenue is, is income earned. They don't earn income. They take taxes. And again, I wish you would have had that that clip of uh, of Manchin talking about you don't you don't raise taxes during a, a recession and and when uh, you know the economy's struggling like it is because that I th- I think that would have been great to throw in his face to remind him hey hey dummy you remember this because a lot of it and again you know you made a great point there at the end when you said. You've been feeling it. We've been in it for six months. We've been in it probably a little bit longer than that, where we have been feeling it. And again, it all starts with the energy sector and, and the ripple effect it has throughout how it touches each and everything, from the stuff that we buy to the places we want to go to the things that we want to do. Everything is affected. Because as soon as you start with the energy, 
as soon as that starts to go up, eventually everything starts to starts to catch up. And Joe can whisper all he wants about, you know, charge lower prices. Guess what? They can't charge lower prices or else they don't make money or else they can't survive. See, that's another point where, again, these people have never done stuff like this. They've, they've always sucked off the teat of the government. So they don't understand, oh, well, there's, there's a cost for this. There's a cost for that. I got to pay employees. I got to pay insurance. I got to pay this. And then I've got to have a little bit left over to pay myself because I'm the business owner. They don't get that. They don't understand it. They don't get it. And to them, it's just, it's, they're playing with other people's money so they don't care. Love it Joe Man- affect them. I love Joe Manchin to answer what section of this Info- uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act helps to lower oil and gas prices the most. Since he and everybody else in his party has been telling us that that's the biggest driver of inflation. Put this up, G. Here it is. Ten seconds or so. I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. Yeah, well, he oh. obviously doesn't feel that anymore. No. That's 2010. That's 2010, Joe mm-hmm. Manchin. It Today, was- Joe Manchin's all about raising 15%. Whatever we can do to stifle... They're just at war with capitalism. They're just at war with it. The whole damn party is he is too. They just hate it. All right, more to do. Sports and news, crazy town, lots of stuff coming up. We need three hours tonight. Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday night. Uh, let's jump over and take a look at what is going on in sports with Slick Rick. Rick, right, what do you got, st- my friend? And, right, and stop League. talking about the Yankees. We yeah, know. we're going to talk about the Yankees, Rick. Right. we got to talk. I think there's a little slide going on here. Look at this. Royals and Yankees right now tied, almost I should say scoreless, in the middle of the sixth in, in the Bronx. Phillies uh, lead the Pirates 4-zip. Blue Jays 3-1 to over the Tigers. Guardians lead the Red Sox 1-0. Astros 2-zip over the Mariners. Dodgers and Rockies just underway in Colorado. And earlier today, I did report on the Marlins over the Reds 7-6. And Orioles 3-zip over the Rays. So let's roll it over, Rick. Let's talk about last night's Mets game. That was big news. The Mets walk off Yankees to sweep Subway Series. Starling Marte uh, singled home the winning run in the ninth inning. Yankees came back, tied it at two. And, well, what do you know? The Mets pulled it out in flushing with two first-place teams on the field. The New York Mets made this Subway Series a one-way ride. Starling Marte singled home the winning run last night. Max Scherzer was marvelous on his 38th birthday. Didn't know that. Striking out Aaron Judge three times to help the Mets take a two nothing lead into the eighth. Uh, Gleyber Torres uh, tied it with a two-run homer off reliever David Peterson, uh, normally a starter who came in for in, filling in for Scherzer. But, uh, well, there you go. The Mets extended their NL East lead to three games over Atlanta with their seventh victory and the last nine meetings against the Yankees. I'll tell you, the Yankees may not want to see the New York Mets oh, in the Subway stop. Series. <laughs> hey. How, how are the Reds doing, by the way? They're doing just fabulous. They're uh, the second worst team in baseball, thanks to the Oakland A's, who are looking for a new home. And just one more quick one. Your, your team <laughs> lost a game they pitched a no-hitter. Yes, I know. You, you, <laughs> I just, you, no, no. You no, reminded no. me. Let me, let, me say, let me say it again. 
your team lost a yeah. game <laughs> that they pitched a no-hitter. Please don't talk about the Yankees. Historically, they were known as the big red machine. Now they're just the big dead machine. And that's okay. the story with the Reds. And Rocket Mortgage Tournament, let's not forget the PGA. I know it's all about live, but the PGA is still got to live too. Uh, Detroit Golf Club, Big D. Uh, we got Detroit, Michigan, $8.4 million. I think that was the third prize in the live event over the weekend. Uh, Tony Finau, he, he, took, he shot a 64. Good day. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know. You know how. <laughs> Don't worry. That's my guy. Tony Finau's oh, my God. guy. Here we go. Tony Finau, he's, he's new, you're going to change his name to Tony the Phenom Finau. Uh, and Taylor Pendrith uh, was also tied with him from Canada. He shot a 64 as well. So obviously we'll have a full report come Monday because we know that uh, the guy who's usually leading on Thursday is usually not the guy leading on Monday. But uh, funny if two, uh, winning on Monday. So we'll see. Or I should say Sunday when I report on Monday. And that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back Very to you. good, Slick Rick. Thank you very much. Uh, let's do some news and hear what that is. Rick Delgado, what's going on? Mr. Uh, Dog. Sports, brought to, by the way, brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. Dell, make sure you visit MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Have you noticed, by the way, everyone's picked up on the coffee that I kind of yes. talked about first? My coffee now? Mm-hmm. I've seen the commercials for it, people who are trying it, how good it is. You get the grains, you get the beans, you can do either one. That's at MyStore, I believe, MyStore.com on the homepage. Nice. What a good deal with our code, too, on that, the coffee stuff. So LFS6B works at both sites for... 10 to sometimes 60% off whatever yeah. you order. So I just got a great deal on a mattress topper Yeah. because the girl's going away to college. She wanted something for her, for her dorm room. It's like, all right, I went to Mike's site, hooked me up, boom, done. Yeah, just don't get the purple I, sheets for college. They don't need those. No. <laughs> I hear the mattress topper is very comfortable. Yes. I do not have it myself, but I hear it's very comfortable. Yep, I had yeah, one. She, she wanted to open it. I'm like, no, it's in the box. It's staying in the box. Because once you open it, it goes boom. I'm yeah. not getting it back in the box. No, you're not. No. Absolutely not. All right, what's going on in the news? All right, well, Ohio Representative Jim Jordan is demanding answers from FBI Director Chris Ray about the whistleblower reports alleging that the agency is padding its domestic violence extremist data by pressuring agents to classify more crimes as being terror-related. The whistleblowers have told House Republicans that the FBI officials are pressuring agents to reclassify cases as domestic violent extremism, even if the cases do not meet the criteria for such classification, Jordan said in a letter Wednesday to Christopher Wray. Given the narrative pushed by the Biden administration uh, that domestic violent extremism is the greatest threat facing our country, the revelation that the FBI may be artificially padding domestic terrorism data is scandalous, the Ohio lawmaker said in this uh, report from Just the News. White supremacists and anti-government militia groups have been singled out by the Biden administration as, long as, as well as parents who go to uh, school board meetings. As, as the most lethal elements of today's domestic terrorism threat. We've received accusations from FBI agents that they're bolstering the numbers of cases of DVEs to satisfy their superiors, Jordan continued. For example, one whistleblower explained that because agents are not finding enough DVE cases, they are encouraged and incentivized to reclassify cases as DVE cases, even though there is minimal circumstantial evidence to support such classification. So there you have it as uh, Jordan, Jim Jordan, the top Republican on the House committee, has asked the FBI to provide information from January 2020 to to present about this such practice, the domestic violent extremism cases and documents classifying them as such. 
And uh, Rick Rennell tweeted out that politics has permeated the FBI and that this is a crisis. Love Rick Rennell. If yeah. Trump gets back in the office, he should have, he should be something somewhere. If, if, if not running with him. Yeah, you know what? I heard that, too. People are saying he'd make a great VP. Love Grinnell. Jumping over to more surveillance, it turns out Amazon could be sharing your Ring video doorbell footage with law enforcement without your permission. Uh, the video doorbell from Amazon Ring is an increasing popular gadget with homeowners, and in the last year especially a growing tool for law enforcement. In some cases, authorities receive data from this tool without the user's knowledge. In a recent letter, Amazon shared that it gave Ring footage to a law enforcement 11 times this year without the user's permission, while Ring's guidelines state it notifies users prior to disclosure of, government, of customer information. The company reserves the right to respond immediately to urgent law enforcement requests for information involving cases of imminent danger or death or physical injury. Now, I don't know about you, I have one of these, uh, and it records everything to a, to a you know to a website where you can download and take a look at this these files that that you know are recorded from your ring video doorbell. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how you can look at something that's already taken place and think, "Oh, okay, this is imminent danger if it happened like a few days or a week ago." You know that Jamie Simonoff who owns that ring went on it was a Shark Tank product. You know that? And yeah. everybody passed. And then he built it up, built it up, built it up and Amazon ended up buying it for a billion dollars. It's amazing. Well, don't worry because uh, Google's not going to be left out as well. Google will allow emergency disclosures of video footage to the police from its Nest cameras without a warrant. It recently revealed that Ring, of course, handed over their doorbell footage. Well, as reported by CNET, Google's going to allow law enforcement to access data from its Nest products or theoretically any data you store with Google without a warrant. Now, just hearing that makes me think of Gmail. I wonder if they'll do that. If we reasonably believe that there's, uh, we can prevent someone from dying or from suffering serious physical harm, we may provide information to a government agency. For example, of course, they use bomb threats, school shootings, and such like that. An unnamed Nest spokesperson did tell CNET that the company tries to give its users notice when it provides data under these circumstances. And it says here, Google reserves the right to make emergency disclosures to law enforcement even if there's no legal requirement to do so. Well, I mean, if you're using Gmail and not something like ProtonMail or something, you know, and it's like, it's like messages. If you're using the mainstream main guy's messages and not something like, what was the thing Cuban came up with? Dust? Where no, the messages were gone after it couldn't be retrieved? I mean, you've got to, uh, I mean, you have to take some steps to protect yourself too. You can't rely, you're not relying on big tech to, I mean, do you believe anything these guys take? Even if they say, hey, no, it's 100%, do you believe them? I mean, if you do, then you kind of get what you ask for, right? Yep. I mean, there are options. Until we get to a completely decentralized Web3 kind of world, I mean, you do have some options to try to protect, whether it's Brave Browser, VPNs. You know, you got to do a little bit of kind of the work yourself sometimes on these things.
All right, hour two, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in on a Thursday. Rick Delgado's here doing the news. Rick Amorati's got sports. Uh, Slick Rick, what's the update on the, uh, you said you got an update on the RAV Open? Yeah, one of my men in the get a, get a chat, Kyle Perron, my good man. RAV Golf Challenge update. Uh, there's the odds. Big Day Jr. is getting 5-2. to two. That's Zen Jr. Damon 5-1 to one, and Ed's 23-1. to one. I don't know where he's getting those odds. Straight out of Vegas, I guess. Five to um, five, five to two to for, one junior. For, for junior. Well, five wow. to two for junior. Have, well, five how does he come up with that line for junior? Uh, he's a, I already he's a uh, ringer, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, so he has uh, he must have some inside info on his game. I have zero info on his game. Zero. Uh, Ed Henry, I have only the, what I can tell from people who uh, are you know have picked his side and thrown me under the bus already in the chat. Carefree Largo and those, you know, people who have <laughs> well, already thrown yeah, well, in D, with Ed. A Starman62 <laughs> sent me a private message last night on Getter telling me that he found Ed Hedry in the villages with a handicap of 15 too. That's <laughs> not a private message anymore. A handicap of 15. <laughs> yeah. Is that good? No. Well, no, that's very good. I mean, 15. That's very good. That means you're shooting in mid-80s. Most rounds. 90% of the people who play golf can't break 100. Yeah, so but, if you're shooting in the mid-80s. President Trump's, uh, his handicap is a 2.8. Did you see that? <laughs> That's fudge, huh? Okay. <laughs> I love the president. <laughs> and it could be. Uh, and certainly I'm not, I've never seen him play. 10 rounds and submit all scores of all shots <laughs> to the handicapping computer. He's had a lot of hole-in-ones, I know that. <laughs> is, that is that how it works? you got to submit 10 rounds? I think you have to have your own course well, to that's... make up for it. To be a two, you have to have your hey, own course. You want course. your job? That was a part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to have your own courses to be a two. No, I mean, man, it could be a two. He plays a lot of golf. Like Judge Smales. Just write down a two. <laughs> yeah, but um, exactly. Um, 15, huh? You fa- Someone sent you? 15 to, yeah. Yeah, but think about it. Did, didn't you just say at the Villages? I would think their courses are probably a little bit easier considering yeah. the clientele. That's a yeah, senior, isn't that like a senior living uh, complexes? Right. <laughs> so, so Ed's like a club pro at the Villages is what you're saying. <laughs> is he using the rascal teeth? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, 15's a good – if you can shoot – if you're consistent 15, you're playing pretty good golf. You're shooting 85, 86. 84, 82 on a good day, 81. Yeah, because Paul said it's Once tough in a to while break you 90. break 80. If you're he pr- 15. He probably uses a hurricane as a putter. Sometimes. Let me just say this. If, if, if that's true, I mean, I, I know nothing about Zen Jr. But let's just say he's a 15 too, shooting in the mid-80s. Do not show up at this tournament. <laughs> just don't show up. Woo. Because if we're going to play straight up, best ball or whatever we're going to play, just don't, I mean, come stop. Don't save yourself the embarrassment right now. Unless, unless me or Paul, one of us has to play lefty, then I'd say, okay, here we go. We got a match. But if not, don't, I mean, come on. Just don't show up. So, okay. All right. Geo informs me that people, oh, Ed is being carried by Zen Jr. Rue Court One says. So, okay, we may have a ringer situation here. He's like Ty Webb. Okay. With with Zen Junior, yeah. so maybe I need to, we need to have um, we need to have our John Durham team, Slick Rick, yep, maybe head down to Florida and see if we can catch Zen Junior on camera. 
<laughs> next time he goes out for a practice round. We won't let him know we're there. And I'll, you know, here's what I'll do. See, this is why sometimes I sit in the big chair. I'll send someone down with his crazy town shirt that he's been bothering me for, for mm -hmm. like a year. I'll come, I'll send him down some merch. Ooh. He'll be so happy that day. He'll want to go play golf. We got him. Oh, what do you think of that? That's good. Okay. That works. Very good. Delgado, what do you think of that? I like it. I'll I even dress it. up as a groundskeeper and keep an eye on him. Oh. Okay. So we got something rolling now. So we'll, we'll get some info on him. We'll get, some, we'll get some video footage of what we're up against. And then as soon as I'm comfortable that we uh, <laughs> absolutely have this in the bag, then I'll go to the Zen on the only phone that goes to him, by the way, right here. Yeah. And, oh, I don't want to let him call him right now. The rotary. And, um, and then I'll start pushing for this to really happen. So that's, that's, that's the plan. We have a plan now. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, all right, let's, let's do a couple more things on the, um, this ridiculously named Inflation Act. Cut 15, G. Let's listen to this um, Jean-Pierre today asked about, well, let's start with, yeah, she's asked about Biden's call with G, which we started the show about, which we deserve the word-for-word -word transcript of. That's how important this phone call is to every single person who lives in this country. We need to see exactly word-for-word -word what he said, and we need to see what Biden said. So let's hear what she asked about that. Roll that. On the phone today, did President Biden ask President Xi anything about getting to the bottom of the origins of COVID? Uh, so good question the, on the origins of COVID. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, Look the at two this. Two presidents uh, did discuss the health security and transparency is key part of that. Uh, as we have repeatedly said, the PRC is not living up to scientific and public health norms for data and information sharing. We have said this before, so that is nothing new. And we are the international community. We've said this needs more data. They need more information uh, to make clear the determination uh, uh, on the origins of the pandemic. We continue to work with our partners around the world to, to press China uh, to fully share information and to cooperate with the World Health Organization. Now, she so knows that's not what he means. Up. She knows that's not what he means. This answer is nonsense. They discussed health. No, we need to know, did he ask him and tell him, you cost us $50 trillion. We know what happened here, and we're not going to forget about it. And this is what we're going to do about it. And we discussed the PCR. We discussed the this. He discussed the that. Go ahead, finish it, G many times before. before but it came up today i'm just saying that the two president did discuss health security that that did come up okay. did the president ask uh she about the findings of that congressional investigation that the chinese were trying to infiltrate the federal reserve over the last couple of years we don't i we don't have anything to share on that okay beyond uh, beyond the uh the readout that you all have. Yeah, sure yeah, yeah okay where's the readout from today how about that uh cut 16 g roll that I'm still just a little confused. Um, about <laughs> Join the today. club, pal. You said that the two presidents discussed health security. That's pretty vague. Um, did President Biden tell Xi to start cooperating in the investigations into the origin of COVID I'm, that killed uh, at least a million Americans? Yes, no? I'm aware how many how many Americans uh, that COVID oh, killed. Oh, I'm very oh. aware of that. The, clearly, the president. Uh, just dealt with a bout of COVID, and because of him, and because of the work that he has done the last 18 months, uh, we are able to have a manageable 
uh, uh, process with treatment. And if you're vaccinated, if you're fully boosted, you're able to manage um, so is that a no? uh, uh, COVID. And yes also, I just want to remind no. you, since you brought this up, when the president walked in into the administration, 3,000 people were ah, dying a day. There we go. 3,000 people were dying a day. We have gotten that number down to 90 percent. Still, people are dying, but we have gotten she because of the work that we have. You know, when she throws out numbers like that, I, I mean, I know they're not going to do this. You know, most of the, it's amazing you even get a question like that. It just shows you the press. The press, as much as they're lapdogs for the Democrats, they, they, they don't want to listen to this nonsense either at no. this point. They're fed up with them, too, with this garbage. That's I'm a little unclear. Yeah, well, join the club. More people have died under Biden than Trump. He was the one who sat up there and said, anyone who's overseas, 200,000 deaths shouldn't be president. But when it comes to him, this damn old fool, he won't apply the same standards. And he hasn't even been in office for four years, unfortunately. So that, that's just nonsense again from her. And nobody will call her out on it, except for Ducey, who already had his turn here. Remember when we 3,000 people were dying a day. Well, more have died under Biden than Trump. So what's your point? You've done nothing to kick the can down the road. You've made everything worse. Go ahead. Done. We've gotten it down to 90%. And we're going to continue to do the work uh, to make sure that... Uh, oh, gee, just, uh, we, I, can't, I can't listen to her. <laughs> Good God. She's awful. And she's a liar. Gaslighter. Well, they're going to continue to do the work, Damon. She said it. The work. Whatever work that is, it ain't working. Let's play before we play her, G. Let's play, um, where, where's that, uh, where's the gravying clip of these lying fools? Yeah, play that. This is unreal. All signs are that this is a strong economy and the probability of a recession within the next year is not particularly elevated. It's a strong economy and, and nothing about it suggests that it's, that it's close to or vulnerable to a recession. I don't expect a recession. No, no one is predicting a recession now. We are not expecting that we are already in the recession. In fact, the guts and the bones of this economy remain strong. These are not the marks of an economy in recession. Right now, we don't see a recession. Right now, that is not, we're not in a recession right now. This is not an economy that's in recession. Not only is a recession not inevitable, but I think that a lot of people are underestimating those strengths and the resilience of the American economy. We have a strong labor market, which you don't normally see in a recession. A recession is broad-based weakness in the economy. Bingo. We're not seeing that now. Oh, yes, we are. Is a recession in the United States inevitable? No. Typically, economists date a recession <sighs> as being at least two quarters of negative growth uh, and, other com- and other factors, oh, oh. which we have not seen at all. The idea that uh, two quarters of negative GDP growth is a technical definition of a recession is wrong. A common definition of recession is two negative quarters of GDP growth. Two quarters of negative growth in a row, that's a recession. Right, and certainly the, in terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. The technical definition considers a much broader spectrum uh, of data points. What is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, def- I'm not going to define it <laughs> here from here. How worried should Americans be Can't. that we could be in a recession? We're not going to be in a recession. Nobody, including especially the White House and especially Joe Biden, is going to sugarcoat any of this. Well, I'm I'm not concerned about a recession. I mean, you're always concerned about a recession. 
<laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> what was Kamala's take? <laughs> I'm in the Hamptons. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, she was in the Hamptons, right? Yeah. 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 Hopefully she'd run into Paul Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that would go well. Um, I mean, that just shows you right there. I mean, just... <laughs> I mean, they're literally describing exactly what we're going through. It's a broad bit. You know, that's exactly what we're going through. Yeah. Look at real estate. Look, at, I mean, there's so many things you can look at. The only thing they keep latching their wagon to is this consumer and the, and the jobs market, which we've gone over these numbers of how many people have given up on jobs. You do the real numbers. It's just a total farce that they're hanging on to. And they're not going to be able to hang on for too much longer. Because the next GDP is going to be worse, and the one after that. So what's it going to be? Well, three quarters is not done. You know, four quarters is not technically a recession until you get. Uh, <laughs> until you get to how four, many? Four, four years out. Yeah. No, 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 no. You know, four. Don't worry. Four quarters of recession. It's not recession yet. It's not. It's not. I talked to Biden. He told me it's not. Don't worry. such an idiot sometimes sound like the booze baby come on now all right let's talk about birch gold oh the chat's all fired up about the golf by the way i think we're slowly turning the tide over to uh our side slick rick inflation continues to rise and if you're going to listen to one show you should listen to this us because we've been on most of this correctly since the beginning of this all unraveling inflation Transitory, recession, taxes, stagflation now, soon maybe possible depression. If, it, if Biden has anything to do about it. How do you consider your financial alternatives? What do you do if you have savings in the bank? Well, one option to consider is physical gold and silver. And the folks to talk to there are friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold, experts in precious metals, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you options. You can buy gold coins. You can even convert uh, an existing IRA to a gold IRA or a 401k account to a gold IRA account. Here's how you get started. Text the word America, send it to 989898. That's all you got to do. Text the word America from your mobile device right now. Send it to 989898. And get your free information, kid. Damn free. Um, find out your options. Text America to 989898 from your free information kit from our friends at Birch Gold Group. They will show you how own, owning gold and silver could help protect your savings. They've made it super easy. Text America to 989898 today and get your free information kit from our friends at Birch Gold Group. All right, 19 past the hour. Live from Studio 6B. Uh, when is the golf tournament? Deborah Lynn says. <laughs> yes. Well, we don't we don't know yet. Damon Gunn is singing him. <laughs> I might sing one of those days on uh, Birch Gold Group. 
Um, we don't know. Most importantly, the course is going to be key. Yes. Where do we play this? I vote for Beth Page Black because if you're going to do this with all the talk that's go- that's going, you got to play the hardest course in the country. The course you have to walk, bring mm-hmm. a caddy. The physical part of it has to be part of it. Because when you play Beth Page Black, by the time you get to 15, you're grinding. Even if you're playing well, you're grinding because the physical walk of it. Or well, do, we, do we take carts? And well, put in that cameras case, in whoever the... Harry Caddy's for is at a disadvantage. Well, Harry's going to make it one <laughs> hole. Forget <laughs> we, it. We take carts. Or do we, we take carts and put video, put little GoPros in the carts to yeah. catch all the audience? And sponsors That's probably the carts, better. Yeah. And then you okay. have to and race. We could have a monkey right, So we can't do Beth Page Black. That's out. So we go to Florida. Well, I guess it depends when we do it. What about Bedminster? Mm. Now, Bedminster, I don't think we could do it there, but I don't know. Private club's going to, we got to play a public golf course. Private's going to, I think, going to be too hard. I don't know. The course is key, though. We got to decide where we play, what course we're going to play this on. I'm not going to uh, Mr. Henry's backyard to play his course. (laughs) No. Where he knows all the advantages and reads all the the greens, (laughs) talks to the greenskeeper. Hey, let's uh, run them at 12 on the stint meter today. No, 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 no. Yeah, and he's got magnets in the hole with metal yeah, magnets in, his balls. in the hole for his ball. You know, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. That's right, G. We're on it. We're on it. He's on it, man. G. Good shot. <laughs> magnets right. in the dimples. Let's do some sports with Slick Rick. I think we just did some sports, but anyway, let's keep it going. All right, let's All do right. some new. No. Ex NFL tight end Kevin Ware charged with murder, tampering with body, and girlfriend's killing. AP report. This broke around seven thirty tonight. Uh, Houston, a former NFL player, was charged with murder Thursday in the killing of his girlfriend whose remains were found months after she was reported missing last year. Kevin Ware, who played tight end in 2003 and 2004 for Washington and San Francisco, is also charged with tampering with evidence, specifically a corpse in the death of Taylor Pomosky. Of convicted of murder, he faces up to life in prison. Pomosky, 29, was last seen in April 2021 at a house party in the Houston suburb of Spring. Her remains were found in uh, December. Ware, 41, has been jailed since June 2021 in neighboring Montgomery County on unrelated drug and gun charges where his attorney, Kobe Dubois, didn't immediately return uh, a phone message or email seeking comment. So, you know, he wasn't a great NFL player, but he did have a cup of coffee with the Redskins and the 49ers, and uh, well, that's a sad story. Hopefully they'll they'll find some justice there. And Adidas won't seek to renew NHL uniform and apparel deal after 23-24 season, league says. This is Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. Uh, sources told ESPN that Adidas, which has two years remaining on its seven-year deal, was the catalyst in not seeking to renew with the NHL. The league has started to make other apparel companies aware that the uh, rights are back in play. The NHL and Adidas look forward to continuing to work closely together, yada, yada, over the next few years. But it's very interesting. You wonder if there's some kind of woke agenda here for Adidas. I really don't know. But uh, the NHL will obviously be talking to other companies. I'm sure it's Nike. Adidas. Of course there is. Yeah. Nike, Adidas, they're all, what do you well, mean? I know. They're all bad. Of course and there are. Reebok used to have it years ago. So, hey, somebody uh, said in the chat that uh, did Bubba Watson I'll tell the PGA bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Bubba Watson was making the jump to live. I saw that earlier this evening as well. I didn't include that in the live report, but yeah, another big one. Wow. Unbelievable. I know. Live. Hey, show me the money. Like I said the other night, you know, that's it. All right, Big D, that's a rapid sports. Back to you. I'll have some baseball scores a little later. All right, so Rick, let's do uh, uh, sports is brought to you by, our, again, our friend Mike Lindell, MyPillow.com, MyStore.com. Let's do some news. The news is brought to you by Seven Cells who just continues to expand um, their product line over at 7cells.com. They've got great stuff. Uh, And still, that early prevention kit, if you don't have it and put it in your cabinet, I still think you should have it. Um, 
over at 7cells.com. LFS6B is the code at checkout. What's going on, Rick Delgado? All right. Well, this one comes from Zero Hedge, and it's an interesting article titled Hungry, the Benefits of Famine According to the Central Planners. As here, according to the uh, the folks over at the UN, they stopped destroying the world for a free bu- uh, brief few minutes to publish a piece, believe it or not, that stayed on their website for a couple days, where it says this, and I quote, hunger has a great positive value to many people indeed. It is fundamental to the working of the world's economy. Hungry people, check this out, are the most productive people, especially if there's a need for manual labor. The article, like I said, remained on the UN website for a day or so before they deleted it. Um, basically, it's it's giving you the, the reason why you might start seeing food problems around the country. Uh, referencing Joe Sixpack on the ground every day, the repercussions are now spilling over into the lives of everyday Joe Sixpack. He doesn't really care about what the United Nations says in their sus- sustainability agenda or about their absolute zero report. Uh, but that's exactly what's happening right now. None of this is an accident, contrary to what people may think is incompetence. It is neither. Uh, the Great Reset, as we've talked about plenty, and they've actually published a book called The Great Reset, uh, requires a populace beholden to the government and nobody else as the central planners pursue an agenda of getting there. This is bound to be fraught with an awakening and a lot of angst. Um, it also says here that if you take a look... Uh, Basically, they have a strong fear that come September, there'll be a time when many families are going to face a terrible choice of paying for electricity bills or buying food. We're absolutely willing to dialogue, it says, to make our constructive contribution to the government, but we're not willing to write a blank check to get them there. Basically, what they're saying is, uh, and this is something we've talked about with the attack, it seems like an attack on the food production companies and the factories that, uh, that there could be a problem with food and famine coming down the road. It's a ridiculous narrative, a lot of people say, but when you stop and think about it, you also see the the Dutch um, farmers who are revolting against what they call government intervention and a blatant land grab as they're trying to buy up 30% of the farmland from the farmers who can't afford to uh, continue to farm there. I believe I read an article called The Coming Food Shortages out of the American Spectator probably like three months ago. Yeah. So some people saw this coming, obviously with grain and the things going on that Ukraine and Russia are the biggest exports of. Obviously, they saw some of this coming. So, yeah. Yeah. And according to Henry Kissinger, he was quoted as saying, control oil and you control nations, control food and you control people. So those of you that, uh, you know, might see something nefarious down the road, this could be something that could be a problem for us moving forward as food becomes an issue. You know what would be pretty cool in the golf thing is if we play golf and then we do the show with everybody who is involved, win, lose, or draw, and have some fun live from the the course that night. Now you're thinking. We should do it in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, they probably have a nice course. I mean, they do. Course or two. Sure they do. Neutral ground. I like that. Nice.
All right, 30 minutes past the hour. Lots to get to here, G. So let's just jump right into it. We'll start. We'll set the table for Crazy Town by doing Is This English first because this is part of the larger Crazy Town video. And if this is what I think it is, I mean, I literally have no idea. Maybe you will, and you'll let me know what he's talking about here. Roll it. I'm not sure I'm asking the question properly. I think you know what I'm trying to get at. So talk to me about the difference, demand relating to where we fund it, and we're talking the fiber optics needed to deal with everything from solar to broadband um, in communities that don't have it now. I mean, one of the things I found is, you know, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, seeing going by a McDonald's and seeing a bunch yeah. of families sitting out there in the parking lot, not eating a hamburger, but connecting to the internet because they had no access to the internet so their kid could get to, get access to the schooling they needed. So talk to me a little bit about how much of this is driven by the inability to afford it or the, the not, lack of desire to get it and how much is driven by when the government is invested in it, it makes a difference. I'm not sure I'm asking the question. I, I, I totally I'm understand your question, Mr. President. It's a very good question. Oh, God. What a lion empty suit that guy is. He doesn't understand one <laughs> word of that, just like anyone else does. That's not the clip that I was talking about or thought it was. So, But that's just, it's almost as bad. I have no idea. Like the idea that Joe, Joe Biden was driving around McDonald's looking yeah. at, I mean, during. Get during, out of here. What? 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 Stop. Come on. Stop. Come on. I think it's from the same clip you were thinking of, but I had to trim out the uh, that $8,000 part because it was too long. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, that sets the table for the larger disaster that was this meeting. G crazy town. Biden gets to the bottom of our e economic issues at the CEO roundtable. Roll it. Sorry, keep waiting, man. Just Sorry. got over COVID's wearing a mask. No one else. <laughs> no, no one else is. <laughs> He's the one who just got over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After he coughs into his hand, he You're shakes really hands. Hey, chicken lady, how are you? Can they hear me up on the stage there? No. I apologize. Uh, being a little late, there's a vote going on right now that I'm mild interest in. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank the CEOs from some of America's leading companies. And we're here, I'm going to, we'll hear uh, directly. Uh, about the outlook uh, for their businesses and the economy from their perspective. Now, there's no doubt we expect growth to be slower last, than last year and uh, the rapid clip we had. <clears throat> but that's consistent with the transition to a stable, steady growth transition. and lower inflation. There's going to be a lot of chatter today on Wall Street and among pundits about whether we are in a recession. Yesterday's Fed Chairman, uh, the Fed Chairman Powell said, made it clear that he doesn't think the U.S. economy is currently in a recession. He said, quote, there are too many areas of economic where the economy is performing too well. What? I said, too well, T-O-O, too well. The best thing we can do right now is put our economy <laughs> in a better position to make the transition to stable, it's steady growth for, its, for Congress to, uh, and is, steady stable growth oh. is for congress to act that's the best thing we can do Got another it. congress should do it with another uh, congress another congress thing the congress should do is to pass oh. the inflation reduction act <laughs> and let me start with you brian and thanks for taking all my phone calls pal uh, the, the bank of america i want to ask you a question 
What, 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 what's the bank record? Thank you, Mr. President. It's good to see you recovering. Um, so at, at, at Bank of America, we have, you have 60 million consumers and 35 million core checking out accounts for Americans. They bought a lot of stuff when they were cooped up at home. They're now out traveling and experiencing the world through the vaccines. Well, that, I mean, that sounds pretty encouraging. Uh, one of the things I want to ask you is about is that um, the, uh, but right now, um, as, as I look out there, and I've traveled around the world a lot of late, going to various conferences. Um, no way he did a two-hour call with a there, Chinese guy. There, there, there seems no, to be, to, uh, instead of everybody sitting and Zooming and everything, there seems to be in-person movement of personnel in businesses around the, the country, and I see it more around the world, quite frankly seems to be on the up. Is, is that accurate? I don't want to get off on this. Corny would know something about this. Ask your but, Zoom. Uh, um, <laughs> there's so many new jobs on the horizon. Um, and, uh, but again, uh, a lot of it requires some, you know, training. It's not all on the job training. Well, I'm, thank you very much for uh, talking to me about that, Tony. And, uh, Ryan. and uh, now I, what I'd like to do is, uh, <laughs> Uh, Fred. There's, there's an outfit called Corny, right, Wendell? <laughs> what? And Wendell. you're the CEO of a great company. And uh, look, uh, you know, you know, I can recall uh, nothing. In the last administration, <laughs> I'm not criticizing the last administration. The previous four years, and even at the end of our administration, Obama Biden, oh. the question was: Are we still going to be the manufacturing hub of the world? Are we still? You know, are, are we? In manufacturing, where are we going to sit? We're going to do all these other things, but what about manufacturing? Manufacturing. And um, your boss told uh, us those jobs were gone forever. So you've seen in that inflection point in manufacturing in the U.S. What's your outlook on the manufacturing sector? But if we were to look at it right now and the trends we see, I'd say the consumer electronics side looks slow. Uh, automotive, not really strong, can't quite sort between supply, Oops. chain issues, or demand. Ooh, sounds broad-based. Uh, we're seeing a slowdown in consumer. At this point in time, our customers are running their capacity at the lowest levels they have since the financial crisis. Auto, been depressed for a long time. In April, uh, there were zero cars sold in Shanghai. Zero. Zero. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, my father was in the automobile business his whole life, ran a yeah. major dealership. You should get him over to Shanghai so he can sell a couple cars. Um, Is that what you're going to say, dummy? And, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, you knew whether cars were selling or not. <laughs> but uh, all kidding aside, I was, uh, um, I knew, but I never had tried to visualize oh my God, this is how critical the high-quality computer chips were for an automobile. I'm not sure I'm asking the question properly. I think You're you know what I'm trying to get questions. at. So talk to me about how much of this is driven by the inability to afford it or the lack of desire to get it, and how much is driven by when the government is invested in it, it makes a difference. I'm not sure I'm asking the question. I, I, I know totally understand your question, Mr. President. It's a very good question. No, it's not. Then everybody goes, well, maybe you're trying to tell me something, huh? Shut up.
<laughs> oh, so far, we've got 217 yes votes for the CHIPS bill. And the House has passed oh, it. <laughs> well, the president has been amazing in his leadership on this. So yeah, you thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Uh, this I'm is... a lawyer. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> you know, know how to lead, and that makes a difference. I'm taking too much time asking all these questions, but you, I have great interest in your. Can I ask uh, uh, Janet, um, how would you characterize the health of the economy now? We can see, for example, from today's GDP report that growth in private demand is slowed. We know there's an old expression of baseball coach of the Dodgers mm -hmm. years ago, Leo DeRocha said, I'd rather have Lady Luck sitting on my bench than skill. My grandfather was an all-American football player at Santa Clara in the turn of the century. You say, no, <laughs> the turn I'd of rather the century. have luck and skill on the bench. <laughs> so we're looking for both. Looking uh, let me luck. just say before I yield to you, Brian, and we can move on to the rest of the folks here, the vast majority of the American people have no idea what the recovery plan did, what the government did at all. I mean, the reason why we still had teachers in school, kids going to school, the reason why we had cops on the beat, the reason why we had essential workers, states couldn't afford it, cities couldn't afford it, towns couldn't afford it, counties couldn't afford it. So we came up with this rescue plan and gave them billions of dollars to keep the economy in their cities and towns and states moving. And one of the things when I, and I fully understand it, like I said, I was raised in one of those households where when the price of a, a gallon of gasoline went up, it was a topic of discussion around the kitchen table. We weren't poor. We were just typical middle-class family in a three-bedroom house with four kids and a grandpa. But all kidding aside, it was, and we lived fine. But it was, it mattered. It mattered whether the price of gasoline went up. The difference between having a job having a 5% raise or whatever, three, five, seven, whatever it happens to be, in the face of inflation, price of the pump, although that's down every day so far, but, you know, it's like, whoa, I feel worse off. But then again, I didn't get a check for eight grand from the government, They just, among other things. Does, does that make any sense to no, it doesn't. anybody, or is it just me? Just you. I know you're all busy as the devil, especially the folks who haven't had a chance to speak yet. I'm sorry I have so many questions, but I have great respect for your ju collective judgment here. Brian, I'm yielding you. I'm going to shush up. Wow. Everything's good. He's back. <laughs> That's right, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> G, um, what'd you think of that? <laughs> I mean, I've had plenty of time to process this since I spent quite a bit of time making it, and I still, uh, I still don't know what's going on. I, I guess the eight thousand parties talking about maybe the, the the people who got multiple checks, what it adds up to. I, I guess. I, I, I mean, beyond the stimulus checks, I guess there was the child tax credit, but I don't know if those numbers add up or what he's talking about because it's not a check. <clears throat> if, if you have to, at the end, say, does this make sense to anyone or is it just me? I don't know I if think, I'm asking the question right. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was asking a question. It was just words. Words with no coherent thought. What I want to know is during that call with G, did his translator just like whenever he said something like that, just make something up to salvage the call or 
You you would think they might have to. I I mean, if they did a two hour call, an hour and a half of it had to be G laughing on mute. <laughs> I mean, it just ha- I mean, I don't. I... Yeah, no. There's no way. He, there's no way he was on a call for two and a half hours. No, no, no. way. No way. I mean, he may have been no like in the vicinity of the call. They may have shuffled him in for a few things and then shuffled him back out. Look, he's, he needs his, uh, he needs his uh, injections. Uh, you just keep uh, dealing with uh, the guy who's really making the decision here. I mean, that's Mr. Just, Obama. Here's what we should do in the break, G. Because I want to get the getter audiences, um, now that they've seen that. Let's go to commercial on the network. Let's stay live with the getter chat during the break. And let's see what they think of Crazy Town. Because that's a masterful edit, number one. And number two, that's so off the chart. He's so lost. Brian Moynihan and Break of America. And I couldn't tell who the other two people were. As he's saying, does all this have to happen on Zoom? <laughs> he has three, <laughs> three people on Zoom. Maybe we shouldn't use Zoom for these things anymore. What do you guys on Zoom think? <laughs> <laughs> The Zen oh. Master is in the chat as well. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. My phone going to ring here? The OG phone? That's what we're named. You know how Ed has this, uh, well, we got to go to break. Stay with us. We're going to stay with the Getter Chat live right now. <laughs> to the hour live from studio 6b real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 470. 470 yes yes 470 samsung tv plus channel 1029 boy i gotta get that into the woo. i'm over 50 now so getting things to flow is hard enough just to remember but now mm. to remember that so you want us to get you a prompter the size of biden <laughs> yeah <there>? really <laughs> go to costco to get the 96 inch tv uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, let's do some sports and hear what that is. Slick Rick, Rick Emirati at Slick Rick Sports on Getter and on True Social. What's going on, pal? All right, big to get you caught up on baseball. Looks like the Yankees just went up one nothing in the bottom of the ninth, which means they won that game over Sorry, the Royals. Sorry, Slick Rick, I got to jump in. Jamie's girl, Damon's Zen phone is plugged in. Ed's is not. Let me also point out, when you think about OG, which my phone is named now, which phone is the original? The Dial phone or the? Oh, we have little buttons. We have little buttons on our phone. This has the. This is the OG phone right here. Also, people in the chat saying that the photo is doctored. I'm not sure how far back the shows go on the network, but if on the network you can go back to April 2020, you will see them in the episode. You can go back. Yeah, we do this thing called record the shows. So crazy. We're putting together a video montage of not only me introducing the phone, why it's there, me donning the Zen Master. That's my turn. You invented it. I, I blessed it. I invented it. It's, what, what are we talking about here? All right, more sports. 
with Slick Rick. Back to the rodeo. Thursday night, a lot of rodeos in action. I have to pick and choose. But we got the Deadwood Days of 76 Rodeo in progress from Deadwood, South Dakota, the great state of South Dakota. Uh, the Days of 76 Arena. Uh, bareback riding. We got a tie. Rocker Steiner on Birch Rodeo's Little Rocket and Dean Thompson on Birch Rodeo's Tequila Time. I like that one. 85 points each. Steer wrestling. First round, we also got a tie. Nick Guy and Clayton Haas, 3.8 seconds. Good score. Team roping, first round, Tanner Tomlinson and Patrick Smith, 4.2 seconds, $2,693 each. Saddle Bronc, we got a tie again. Zeke Thurston on Birch Rodeo's Bombs Away and Jake Watson on Birch Rodeo's Amadandy, 83 points each. Tie down, first round, Chet White's 8.5 seconds. Barrel racing, Stephanie Fryer, 17.52. And steer roping, Thomas Smith, 10.8 seconds. And last but not least, bull riding, Maverick Potter, 84.5 points on Barty Rodeo's Tucker Brown and Commander's owner Dan Snyder has begun testifying in front of the Congressional Committee. Snyder is being investigated for the team's history of workplace misconduct. This is an AP report from earlier today. Washington Commander's Dan Snyder has begun testifying before a Congressional Committee investigating the NFL game team's history of workplace misconduct. This is big doings, big day. A spokesman for the U.S. House Committee uh, on Oversight and Reform confirmed Snyder began giving his deposition Thursday morning virtually and in private. The hearing is not public. The spokesman said in a statement on behalf of the committee, Snyder is committed to providing full and complete testimony and to answer the committee's questions about his knowledge of and contributions to the commander's toxic work environment, as well as his efforts to interfere with the NFL's internal investigation without hiding behind non-disclosure or other confidentiality agreements. Snyder right now is in Israel giving this deposition, believe it or not. So uh, we will keep an eye on that as that plays out, but I got to tell you, it's unbelievable. What just so, happened? <laughs> Someone, someone donned me Damon Graham Bell. There you go. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, for those of you who don't know, yes, OG is original gangster on the phone. When you say someone's an OG, yeah. means they go back to the beginning. Yeah. Or original great. That's another word, you know, okay. term they use in sports. But original gangster sounds a little more, uh, you know, in, in, in vogue there, Big D. Yeah, That's a rap in sports. More appropriate, folk. clearly, for this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw it back to you, Big D. All right, Slick Rick. Very good. Let's do some more news and hear what that's Rick Delgado. What's All going on? All right. I got one more story I think you might be interested in. You may have heard about this study that came out. Well, the Prozac generation is responding to a controversial new study from the University College in London that debates the efficacy of antidepressants, suggesting that there's no evidence that depression is caused by a chemical imbalance and negating the decades-old notion that a serotonin deficiency is the reason for the mental health disorder gripping an estimated 21 million Americans. And who was on this? Who was on it from the beginning? What do you mean, who was on it? Big D. No, no. What, what celebrity came out about this? That's a good question. I don't know. Do you know? Obviously, you're asking the question. Wasn't it Cruz? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the, the use of, uh, of medication for, for depression. It says it's always difficult to prove a ne uh, negative here, but I think we can safely say that after a vast amount of research conducted over several decades, there is no convincing evidence that depression is caused by serotonin abnormalities, particularly low levels or reduced activity of serotonin, according to the study's lead author, Joanna Moncrief, a professor of psychiatry out at UCL, she said in a statement, the study draws into question the uh, antidepressants that have been used by millions of Americans right. that have 
have that they've come to rely on. Right. And Tom Cruise back in 2000, what, 2004, right, went on the oh, Today really? Show and was questioned by Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer made him out to be a crazy person. I don't remember that. And Tom Cruise said, no, no, Matt. Yeah, well, there's a. I'll see if I can find the clip. If not for ten, right now, I'll find it uh, for tomorrow. But Tom Cruise has been on this, and he was made out to be nuts. And um, probably, I don't know, early 2000s, maybe. Wow. Yeah. And you said your memory shot in your 50s. Look at you. Uh, many people take antidepressants because they feel they've been led to believe that their depression has a biochemical cause, but this new research suggests this belief is not grounded in evidence. The findings were shocking to Mags Baker, a 37-year-old who's been on and off meds like Prozac and Lexapro since she was 20. He said, when I read the study, I said, this doesn't surprise me. It's another thing that Big Pharma has been pushing on us for a long time, the single mom and business owner from Austin said, all these years I took a pill because my doctors kept telling me my brain just needed a boost because of my chemical imbalance. And I believe them. I ended up staying depressed for a decade longer than I needed to, said, B- said Baker, who weaned herself off of them in March with holistic therapy. Here it is. Throw it up, G. Where I talk out against drugs and psychiatric abuses of electric shocking people mm-hmm. okay against their will of drugging children with them not knowing the effects of these drugs do you know what adderall is do you know ritalin do you know now that ritalin is a street drug do you understand that the difference is no, this was no, not Matt, against Matt, her Matt, will though Madam, Matt, this wasn't Matt, against your question madam asking a question i understand do, there's no, abuse of all of these things no you see here's the problem you don't know the history of psychiatry i do all it does is mask the problem, Matt. And if you understand the history of it, it masks the problem. That's what it does. That's all it does. You're not getting to the reason why. There is no such thing as a chemical imbalance. I'm saying that drugs aren't the answer. That these are very dangerous. They're mind-altering, antipsychotic drugs. And there are ways of doing it without that so that we don't end up in a brave new world. Yes, there are abuses. And I mean, there you go. Wow. He's dead on. There you go. Stay Anybody with you who's got someone in their family or knows somebody or personally who's dealing with that stuff knows that a lot of the medications, while some might help people, they're, they're just for the people around them, not for the actual person. Yeah. Yep. But he makes a great point because, again, medication doesn't actually treat the root cause. It's, it always acts to mask the problem, but it never, you're never actually dealing with the root cause. It's not like, it's like, okay, let's trace this back. How did you end up like this? No, they're just like, oh, you're feeling like this. This means you need this pill. And that's all it does. And he's right. And, and, and that's something I never saw that. Uh, I never saw that clip before. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty it's, good. It's, I, I like the way he put it to Matt Lauer, too. He's like, Matt, you don't know psychiatry. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's taking some, you know questionable or somewhat positions on some wacky things but he i mean as far as this goes he was right on the money yeah wow all right great show too fast need another hour but um as always we salute our military active and active police firefighters first responders emts thanks everybody on the show thanks g thanks Fran g great job on crazy town masterful edit most of all thank you to live from studio 6b audience fired up tonight we love it We'll see you tomorrow night, Friday night. We'll end the week. Good show live from Studio 6B. We'll see you tomorrow night.